0: Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Escape the J-Curve. Thanks for tuning in and today we continue our interview with Jishnu Das Gupta. It's a continuation from yesterday's episode and today we sort of get a window into how Jishnu thinks. uh, How he is not entitled at all and he looks at each skill as a continuous improvement process and he works at it every day to become good at it. That's a very important skill set. That's a very important mindset to have. We also go into other important topics like how important it is to know how to persuade or influence people and how to find out what people really want. There are some external motivations, there are some internal motivations for people doing something and the internal motivations are not clear or obvious right away. It's a very, very good episode. It's filled with a lot of value. I hope you enjoy it. Please tune in. Thank you. so true so i i also wanted to get into this so from obviously from speaking to you it's clear that your set of ideas are very different from most of the people around me right so uh just in what way specifically in what way every way for example the, the way you think about your career the way you you know, postpone uh, fulfillment later on, uh, delayed gratification and so many things. So uh, just wanted to ask you if uh, if you were exposed to these ideas uh, somehow very young uh, uh, starting on or it was by accident because what I fear is people who are stuck in their uh, realities who want to make a change, they, do, they are not exposed to these ideas. They're in their own echo chamber of people who think in a similar way do mm-hmm. they go out of their way to learn these ideas or uh, you know there's a possibility that it might happen to them by accident
1: so that's a very very good question and it comes down yeah. to uh, basically saying ask the the question is basically uh, you know how does uh, let's say personal change how is it affected actually you know mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, do you proactively go out and look for things i've what i've noticed is that when you proactively go out and kind of try to learn um, ideas related to personal development, it doesn't really work out that well. It doesn't really work. Um, What happens, what tends to work is when you kind of uh, have like, again, a project that you're working on, a long-term project, and Mm -hmm. you hit into limitations, you know? So let's say you're, uh, in my case, I was really interested in music and I was not very talented at music. That's a bad combination. That's a bad combination. That means a lot of frustration. Now, every time I get frustrated, I have a choice that okay, should I keep trying this? And I think the that fundamental choice. Okay, uh, so in my case, I decided to keep trying it. And when you decide to keep trying it, then you have to rationalize the fact that you're still trying it. It was funny because a friend of mine actually asked me, "Is like, why are you, you know, so passionate about, let's say, music?" And I said, "My the reason I'm passionate about music is its is is its uh, back rationalization." <laughs> It's that's why I'm passionate about music it's because I've done it okay. so much. I have to rationalize that I'm ah, passionate about okay. it otherwise, it. it doesn't make sense to me and yeah. um, I'm very aware of that process, but it's still very powerful. So basically what I realize is that people uh, people sometimes uh, I think this is maybe a cultural meme of passion that gets propagated where mm-hmm. things like okay I'm passionate about this and because I'm passionate about this. I'm gonna do it It sounds really great, right? It, it sounds like really but good marketing good, copy it's yeah. more the other way around what happens is you 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 know essentially to when you face the the abyss of lack of meaning you know when you face and you have to kind of counteract that in some way right i don't want to get all nietzsche on it but but if you had to counteract in some way and you try to find something to do so that you don't feel completely like uh unmoored and then you start doing it and that's the only thing you have basically I mean at at one point in time that's the only thing you have now you don't want to lose that so even if you're bad at it you're just gonna keep doing it and over time you're gonna build up those mental systems which force you to stay on track now Mm -hmm. uh, that's very different from let's say doing a self-help course and then uh, you know utilizing that now I think that does work too it's not that it doesn't work but I think this is a lot more fundamental is that I think people try to find things they're passionate about. Don't try to find something you're passionate about. Pick one thing that you can do, which is completely Mm -hmm. within your control. Like for me, it was guitar practice. I can, you know, it's completely within my control. Nobody, you know, there's no chance for me to not do it. I can always do that. It's like, you know, it's the locus of control is completely internal and pick one thing that you can do. And then just try to stick to it as much as possible and you'll automatically build up those 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 systems that of, of what is called personal development you know, mm-hmm. instead of like trying to learn something, uh, or instead of saying, "Hey, I'm passionate about this," no, no, don't don't worry about whether you're passionate about it. The passion will come it, as yeah. a, as a back rationalization. Your brain, because you know of commitment and consistency, your brain's going to back rationalize all these things, like passion. You know, all all these things they will get built in. So you don't have to actually worry about that. All you have to do is perform the action over and over again, and over time basically you know your your brain kind of tracks what you're doing essentially how you're spending your time and it makes the necessary rationalizations now what are the the, so i think that's probably an interesting way to think about it because what is the kind of problems that most entrepreneurs or guys who are starting businesses have today it's not information firstly because you have all the information right you have all the information now i feel that what it is is largely uh it, this this perception bias where, where people don't understand exactly what the mechanism is to get interested in something so they say okay i'm passionate about this so i started um so i'm gonna start a business right and then they start the business and then they're like oh you know i thought i was passionate about it but i realized that i'm not <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's- giving
0: up too easily uh, essentially that's what you're saying
1: because they didn't. Because when you do that, you don't. You're not respecting the process that it takes time to build passion. Passion is something you earn. Yep. You know, it's like a privilege that you earn over time. It's not something that you kind of just have and then like you, know, you throw it at a project and the passion does it for you. You you earn that passion by kind of sticking to what you're sticking to your guns, and I, that's not a pretty thing to say. Uh, primarily, I think because when you talk about passion, it's easy to get people into a buying state when you talk about passion. Uh, I've done sales jobs, so I know everything that is to know about buying states. So, you know, uh, when you k- talk about passion, the more that you talk about, you know, like, how does it feel to to really enjoy it and to really, you know, you know that feeling when you're totally in the zone and and, and when you get people into that state, they're more likely to buy from you, to be very, very yeah. honest. Yeah. and uh, And that's why passion as a meme a meme in the richard dawkins sense is so so prevalent i think in society is because it's it's such a good way to sell things but really instead of passion if you kind of replace that with a much more old fashioned word let's talk about duty or something, a word like duty which doesn't get talked which doesn't get mentioned at all what if you you know when you started your business okay when when somebody when, when the guys listening to this let's say you start your business you want to start your business okay and you tell yourself that it is my duty to to follow this up, you know. Whether it succeeds or fails, it is my duty to follow this up. How are you going to treat that? It's going to treat you're going to treat it very differently. And five years from now, you know, you're going to have all that passion that you know, all the passion that you want, and mm-hmm. uh, and you wouldn't have to think about oh, am I passionate about it? No, the passion is going to build over time. It's momentum that actually builds it. So when you think about uh, somebody who wants to start their business, and what they do is they, uh, they decide that, okay, I'm gonna start my business. Uh, the way I'm gonna do that is I'm gonna watch all the YouTube videos, uh, motivational YouTube videos, or, or, or you know these uh, business-related videos. And so what they're doing is that they're developing a track record for being really passionate about watching youtube videos videos. (laughs) (laughs) so you know five years from now you've become really passionate about these fucking youtube videos that don't matter (laughs) and so so that's actually i feel the 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 perception bias, the the problem that guys have and and I, i don't blame people because that's how you're conditioned you're conditioned to think that information helps you information does help you but then momentum helps you more Without the momentum, the information is not going to do anything because you're not going to be able to let it land.
0: Yeah, yeah. So true. And I have such an interesting segue. So you said that you worked in uh, sales and you learned about getting people into buying states. Oh, yeah. This is something that, you know, I think creative people struggle with it a lot. So, Mm -hmm. you know, engineers, musicians, artists, they're good producers, but they do not know the art of a persuasion or influence or call it whatever you want to. So this is relevant in everything like marketing, politics, relationships, the art of influence or landing your message in such a way that Mm -hmm. people are able to uh, absorb it or you know, you influence them to take a certain decision in your favor like buying your product or something like that. So Mm -hmm. call it marketing, call it influence, call it uh, you know, persuasion, whatever it is. I think it's very, very important and one of the most important skill you should learn along with your uh, life mastery skill. So, for example, musician and marketing, entrepreneur and marketeer or Mm -hmm. politician and marketeer. Uh, Politician is marketeer. (laughs) (laughs) That's the same thing. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. So, that's the basic skill everybody's using to to get their ideas or uh, product or service across, right? so and i know that you're also in an internet marketer. so you mm-hmm. realized this uh, i think early on in your career that uh, oh not early interested- on
1: not as early as okay. i would have liked i I, I was very anti-marketing marketing. yeah that's very interesting because yeah. uh when once i finally quit doing architecture uh i moved into uh, basically what i did was I, I i taught music for a while and then what I, I started working with a guy who actually runs uh i think the biggest music school in in bangalore and I started working with him. Um, and uh, and that was the, definitely the most interesting experience. As I said, most of the things I've learned, uh, I've been lucky enough to kind of be around people, hang around people who are really good and just observe them. And uh, when I was in my teens, I, I saw some really amazing musicians and I got to observe them and kind of pick uh, pick up things. And when I was in my mid-20s, I got to hang out with this guy. Uh, he's He is the consummate... Uh, businessman I mean that guy he's he's like maybe 30 31 maybe young guy but he is so good with business he runs like a, a music school he was also a musician he was a he was a damn good musician too that's why we okay. got along so well and right. at that time I was in that whole uh, artist mentality and then I started seeing what this guy would do and, and he, he was still a good musician. And the thing is, you need real life examples of this. You know, somebody can tell you that, oh, yes, yes, you, you should be a good good uh, musician or good at your craft, but then you have to market. You Somebody can tell you that a hundred times and you won't do it. And you can just see one example of somebody doing it and you'll be converted, you know. So, yeah. uh, so I started working with him and I saw how this guy was so good at sales. He was so good at understanding how business worked, how cash flow worked, you know. Uh, and just uh, uh, and delegating work because that's another thing that as as people who uh you know if once because you you're trained into uh associating your value with the work you do you don't really necessarily earn the you uh, you don't you don't learn how to delegate properly and he was good at doing that so i kind of watched him for a couple years and what i started doing was i was i started working with him and i started managing uh, one of the branches of of this music school okay this is when i was like 26 i was managing one of these branches and that meant uh doing sales and follow-up and also making sure that whatever everything was working out so the sales part of that was transformative because before that i had had no experience in convincing anybody to do anything Mm -hmm. you know um i was very i was extremely actually i was naturally somewhat more on the shy side i would say uh you know more in the introverted side and i think what happened there was doing that sales job uh i learned so much about communication because you because again you're put in a situation where you're forced to communicate you know uh so that's the first thing you learn how to ask people for things as you know i think Mm as we we we're not taught to ask people for things then you learn how uh, then you know as you as you work this job right over the months you start seeing patterns i think the only skill you need is just just be good at recognizing patterns so then mm-hmm. you start seeing patterns for example sometimes you know what i noticed was that if i started, sort of started giving people uh features and benefits of joining this course versus that it was a very hit or miss thing you know sometimes okay. they'd go for it sometimes they wouldn't and then i started uh noticing that if i asked questions before going for the actual sale so which is which is is so
0: important just uh, let me add my two cents there so uh, most inept marketeers they put the features and benefits of the product nobody cares about the product or its features and benefits people care about what the product will do for them exactly so yeah go on
1: for them specifically which is not the same as a benefit because benefit is a generalized Kind of uh, demographic, uh, kind of projection that you have, right? Benefit, yeah. but yeah. what people are actually, uh, what they respond to is their criteria. I would say. Yeah. exactly. Now, what, but, um, for example, I started asking questions because I, I was very hit or miss. And I, uh, and the cool thing with sales is that you get a, you get instant feedback on whether what you're doing is working or not. Absolutely you know there's no delay with building a business sometimes it's difficult because you work on something for two years and then you get feedback that oh it didn't work Mm -hmm. um but with sales you get it in the in in right in front of you and that's why i think anybody who wants to do a business i think like get some kind of a sales job even if it's part-time uh you know just doing it for like six months will teach you so much now what i started doing was then asking questions okay like then i realized that okay just pumping out the features and benefits for the prospect is 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 kind of a hit or miss and in many cases once you miss then it's really difficult to loop back and then try again
0: yeah yeah so you cool. know you learn that too, yeah
1: yeah and uh, so what i learned is okay let, let me instead of saying this will help you in this way let me just start asking them okay you know what like what's important to you about uh about let's say joining this course hmm. you know and then you start seeing this whole uh you know, this Pandora's box of intentions, because what happens, so whenever you go into any field, you have these preconceptions of why people are in, you know, why people will buy from you, okay, so I was a musician, so, you know, when I started doing sales in a music school, my thing was, oh, the people want to come here and learn music because they want to be better musicians, wrong, they don't want to do that at all, you know, (laughs) They want to do other things. They want to. They want to yeah. please somebody in their family. They want to. They want to feel cool about something. Absolutely. They want to. If it's if it's a parent signing their kid up, they they want to compete with other parents in their in their you know uh in their group. There are all sorts of like these these motivations that start unpacking themselves. And the worst thing you can do is go into a field. Uh, so, let's uh, see.
0: Yeah, I mean, you brought up a very important point. So you said there are all sorts of motivation and there are actually eight uh, so uh, why human beings do uh, what they do so you know most of them is to bring more pleasure avoid pain look cooler in front of others compete with the joneses these are the motivations of people doing things not because Mm -hmm. they want to learn music absolutely and and as
1: a model i think what you're talking about primary driver emotions right so uh Absolutely. the thing with pdes is that it's a great model however mm-hmm. uh it doesn't necessarily tell you specifically in that particular niche what the motivations are because it changes from okay. niche to niche right okay. and from person to person so yeah. uh in a particular niche the first thing i think it's important to do is for example let's say you want to sell a particular service mm-hmm. let's say it's a business service yeah. you the first thing you got to do is go out and talk to 10 people in different fields you know, uh, who you think uh, might be your potential customers and then ask them uh, instead of telling them what you're selling, ask them what they want, you know, ask them like what outcome they want. Now, you have to keep in mind that sometimes, in most cases, People don't have a specific outcome. Actually, they're not very really sure because, again, you're the expert. They're not the expert. So, but they'll give you a, a rough outline of what they want, and it's your job. It's the first job that you have as when you're selling something, when you're uh, when you're a service provider of any sort and a business service, is to chip away. At, is to take that block of marble. Which is what they say they want, and then mm-hmm. chip away at it, and try to find like, and to carve it into something which makes tangible. sense. Most yeah. something tangible that makes sense. In Real most cases, goals. people don't know what they want. So uh, I learned that in the sales job, and 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 you see, uh, and what I realized is that it's important to start asking questions now. It's also important to, for me to tell you that I f- completely forgot all these things that I learned and I had to relearn them. <laughs> so I, I'm not gonna tell you that I learned this and, and it stayed with me forever. No, most things actually don't. Like most things, you know what happens, you learn something, you have an epiphany, then you forget it. Yeah. Uh, that's that kind of how it works. So, but that was a really good initial experience. And the main thing I learned was qualification um, from, as a technique. As I learned that the qualification, you have to qualify your interactions in any kind of business setting. You have to qualify the interaction. The other thing I learned is the buyer-seller dynamic. Is that whenever you go into an interaction where you're providing a service, now, is it is it that you're the seller and, and that you have to sell the service to this person and they're going to make the decision of whether to buy it? Or are, are you the person who makes the decision whether this person is fit for your services or not? I think that 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 basic dynamic of how you position your, yourself with respect to the person who uh, consults with you, you know, is very important because it sets the tone for the entire mm-hmm. relationship after. If you sell to somebody uh, uh, on the initial interaction, you're going to be selling to them throughout the entire relationship, you know, okay, okay. so uh, Can those you, are the, uh, unpack yeah. the
0: idea of qualification bit
1: more? Absolutely qualification at the very, at the very basic level yeah Here, so here's the dilemma that i'm going to tell you in context in the real world context in terms of a sales sure. job sure. okay in terms of sales job what happens is you start initially you you have this basic script of what you're going to sell you 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 blurt that out a couple of times and then you see you're you're, you're losing people then yeah. what you do you you're, you realize that okay let me be more cautious it's, it's very natural it happens very naturally you know once you've lost like 20 prospects you will do this naturally you don't have to learn a cor- from a course <laughs> because <laughs> you get cautious and you start asking things like, "Okay, so what is it that you're looking for?" And that's a first step of qualification, where you have to understand. Uh, basically, you have to make a few boxes in your head of the categories of customers that you get, and okay. you you have to strategically ask questions to make to kind of be enable you to put them in that box, because okay. you know, I, 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 yeah. So it's a bit like um, I can in business, it's called like you know, you you build these customer. Uh, customer categories right customer demographics but it's more like doing it in real time in real time you kind of build out the psychographic of who this person is and what their motivations are now the so first you ask these initial questions which kind of elicit what that person is now as you do that you can build a model inside your head of okay this is where they're at and this is what they respond to everybody will respond to slightly different triggers you have you know some people will respond very strongly to authority triggers you know, hmm. when, you, when you say we are, uh, you know, when the you give the them the best in the market or we've rather not even the best in the market, when you just say that you worked with famous people, okay. you know, okay. <laughs> even if you've done nothing, you know, it, it, like even if you've done nothing, maybe you just had one you know, like free consult with a famous client and you never got anything. out <laughs> it. But you can say we've worked with these people and it's technically true and they respond to authority. So okay. it, so some people don't respond to authority at all. They'll be like, oh, I don't care who, uh, who you worked with. Just tell me what you're going to do for me. Now, those are people who consider generally consider themselves an authority, so that's a slightly different trigger. So, in in terms of that, all uh, what what I've I've seen is one of the best ways to pace them is to acknowledge that authority. Say, you know what, you you already know all these things. I'm sure you know that this is the best thing to do, and so you know then you'll have people who will kind of uh, respond to commitment and consistency where. You know you if you just get them to, to, to commit to That's something right. small yeah. yeah yeah you kind of slowly build up compliance you're like okay just do this it'll just take two seconds and you know uh, and uh, there, there are people who just can't stop that process but not everybody some people res- resist it so what happens is this is something that yes i would say that the models are very useful i think mm-hmm. the sales models of the the PDE models is really really useful but then you have to go out in field and really test it test it test it test it and, and then you'll start seeing what works, A, what works for the customers you're working with, for your prospects, B, what works for you, because everybody has a slightly different communication style, right? Yeah. Uh, now, there are some things that you can say, which you can pull off, there are some things you won't be able to pull off. So you yeah. have to be very cognizant of what you're gonna be pulled off. For me, I realized that I'm, uh, I and this is something I realized uh, as I was doing this, that hey, okay, I'm, I can, uh, really instill conviction in people in a, in a short time span and I can use authority really well and most of it is true so you know, it, 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 again like when, when what you're saying is true it makes it more c- convincing and uh, also because I understand this mechanism of qualification I can kind of uh, lead the prospect down a path where their ultimate conclusion is hey you know this person is uh, telling me exactly this, uh, giving me exactly what I want right because it's not because I uh, it's not complicated all I did was I threw away the features the generic features benefits list and then I started focusing on the specific uh, let's say niche audience needs I see this now as I got into marketing later I'll I'll talk about this more is I saw that the biggest uh, one huge problem that internet marketers do is they try to sell people internet marketing services. Nobody fucking Mm -hmm. cares about your internet marketing service. (laughs) You know, so, uh, like, they don't give a damn. Nobody cares about the backlinks that you can make or the the GMB profile that you can make. They don't care. They want, like, a customer. They want uh, to... to, 20%
0: uplift in their... Stop
1: stop yeah. Stop and so, so, yeah, exactly, They want, or they want to look more significant. You know, they yeah. want to have a certain company image. Like, these are the things they want. They don't care about what, that you can be using a unicorn, or you can be using a, <laughs> a, a Google Maps for business. It doesn't matter. So that's one of the main things that I, I saw getting into marketing as a problem. And uh, in fact, that's a problem that I'm working on fixing with the services that I'm gonna be offering with the company that I'm starting up now. But uh, moving back to the sales job, yes, i think everybody listening to this if you want to start out a business if you want to do your own thing yes one one project is your mastery project do something that you're good at and that you can continue doing that's in under your control that develops discipline you have to have discipline because uh i don't care how easy people say it is to start something in my experience maybe i'm just not talented but in my experience it's actually pretty hard uh, yeah. it's pretty hard to do even even small things are not very easy to do You know, uh, I, I, that's what I've personally seen. So, and generally anything that you, whatever time projection you put to a project, it's usually going to take like two to three times that time. You know, yeah. so 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 the first thing you cultivate is discipline. The next thing you cultivate is being that that slightly Socratic uh, questioning method, you know, that way to question to 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 ask people what they want, just so you can start building a model inside your head of what people respond to, and you can start then then seeing you know what it does. It becomes it builds these. I think it's it's a bit like um, unsupervised machine learning or something. You know, you don't necessarily have a concrete model but basically you develop your intuition over time of what works sure so that's the second thing now the third thing is okay i did that sales job after that and after doing the sales job i said okay you know what i'm gonna uh start up like my jazz guitar um educational uh company okay i want to start teaching jazz guitar you know Uh, i've always I've, i've done that informally since i was 23 right yeah, uh, but I wanted yeah. to formalize it so I quit that sales job I, I started doing some freelance work on the side just to pay the bills and I I said okay I'm gonna f- start focusing on this jazz workshop thing that I'm building and I built that out for about a year like uh, and by building that out I mean I built out uh, basically the way I wanted to teach it and I taught it to a few people okay and <laughs> tested it out um and then <laughs> yeah then I realized that wow okay uh I don't have a market for this. <laughs> I, you know, I don't have a market for this. And, you know, and I was never active on social media. So it was only in like 2018 or something that I started looking into marketing. And I was like, okay. okay. You know and let me start seeing if uh, because i have all these skill sets and i'm completely unknown and a lot of it was, was because because i was working all these different jobs i i didn't really uh in you know in my mid-20s i did a lot of like doing shows when i was in college but i never did a lot of that in my mid-20s so i was okay i have to kind of build up an audience so who do i learn from and then i and i kind of fell in with a group of marketers who turned out to be really amazing marketers one of them was like uh, omg alumnus and you know uh, they're the guys who are doing fantastic work one of the top copywriters in Poland uh, I fell in with this group of, of marketers a mastermind group and okay. I was it was funny because I was the only musician there. I had zero, uh, zero knowledge or information or anything. I don't know anything about marketing I thought marketing is because sales I could understand It's a one-to-one thing where you kind of get somebody to comply to you essentially marketing is, is slightly like a, a different uh, animal you know so and internet marketing of course the problem is there's so much like different technical things that it's easy to get lost in that so mm. i got into a group because i was like hey i'm a musician i don't know what to do about this audience thing you know i don't have an audience so 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 they took me in and they i learned so much from them that's another thing Yeah, you learn so much just hang out with the right people if you want to learn marketing go find some marketers hang out with them easiest way to do it You know, you don't have to do the the Ramit Sethi course. You know, you don't have to do, you can do it. You can do both, Uh, but you go hang out with people who are good marketers. And then I said, okay, you know what? And I learned some marketing from them. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to learn and I'm going to test this marketing stuff that I learned because I wanted to promote my jazz workshop thing. So I basically what I did, and, and what I said is, I'm going to make sure that I can market this stuff regardless of whether whether so there's whether of what you're trying to sell exactly so i made a okay. blank web page i made a blank website and i ranked okay. that and and it took me a couple months and i ranked that number one for jazz guitar lessons or something uh yes. in in bangalore in uh, jazz guitar in bangalore so i think it's still in page one i haven't worked on it for a year now and then it was such a shock because here's the thing until you do something like that it does, yeah. it's not real to you you know yeah it's not real to you. And once you do that, especially if you come from a background like I did, where I had no knowledge of what marketing was, it really shocks you. And you realize that the reason the the people who are famous, quote unquote, or the people who are influential are influential, is not because of their content. It's because of their marketing. You know, and yeah. you can only realize that on the job. You can only realize that, like, you you will realize that sh- so sharply when you do something like uh, like what i did where i actually uh, you know rank something without content and then you realize oh my god this is like a separate game in itself and that's that's when that's when you realize it's a it's a completely uh, it's 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 basically a you it's almost like this this red pill blue pill stuff this you kind of take the red pill in terms of content you know and you realize that there's this whole like underworld of how uh, how people uh basically become influential, how people get traction, how people get buzz and get vir- virality. And when I did that, this was, um, I think, like early last year. Then I realized, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And then I also realized why. So as a jazz musician, I started getting some audience. I, uh, I-, I started doing what every musician in the digital age does. Is I started making videos on Facebook and content mm-hmm. and all that. And yeah. I was getting some traction with that and i was uh, i was making jazz uh, theory videos you're like a, like a, an hour long at least and things like that and what i realized Again, so is that
0: one thing that i would like to add here is uh, i think yeah so making content on youtube is great but what uh, the algorithm uh, promotes is a clickbait title exactly a, exactly uh, shocking thumbnails so absolutely yeah. Yeah, i was yeah. making
1: content which was there was no way it would succeed you know Yeah. Uh, because i you know i Because here's the thing, I I told you about qualification, right, of what people want. Yes. And I dialed, I knew what people wanted and what they needed to learn, uh, let's say, jazz guitar. Okay. I knew what they wanted. They needed the thing to be simplified as much as possible. So what I did is I made a series of about seven videos. Each of them was almost an hour long, which covered one different aspect of it. And basically, if you take all those seven videos, you're kind of uh, set for the next five years, essentially, you know. It's set for the next five years, and I shared that, and it, I got some people uh, who did enjoy it and did like it. Here's here's what I realized though: ninety nine percent of the people who kind of saw it, they kind of saw it very passively, and yeah. then what I realized is that's when you realize when stated motivation and actual motivations are substantially different when it comes to the online space. When it comes to in person sales, there is you know it's it's you can because you're getting real the real time feedback. It's kind of easy to um, To kind of gauge where that person is at. The problem with online uh, and one to many, essentially, unique one one to many marketing, is is that people have stated motivations. Yeah. Uh, however, it, that's it not work. what they want. That's not what they want. Here's what I did. This is one of the, the one of the darkest realizations I've had. When I made I made I was making this jazz content, and the objective of my content. Was to help the guys who were learning it improve really quickly and give them like the fundamentals one one. Okay, now here's one thing I realized that what what the guys who were looking at uh, who were perusing like these different uh, jazz guitar channels and all these things I'm not going to name any names but what I realized is that most people who watch this content they don't necessarily they don't really want to improve. What they want to do is they want to identify with how complex they they don't want somebody to make jazz simple for them they want mm-hmm. somebody to show them because they feel jazz is complicated and they want somebody to show them that yes that it is not, really complicated no it is really, really complicated they want wow. to see yeah that's what i realized that they want to so that they because, don't
0: have to do it is that what no,
1: so that it justifies the fact that they're not actually practicing and shit because most oh. Most people, their problem is not the content. Again, their problem is not the content. Their problem is they're not consistent and disciplined, right? Yeah. However, they don't want to admit that, right? So that kind of gets pushed under the under the rug. Now, uh, if you push that motor, that that under the rug, then you're going to look at what are you what their core belief system is. Okay, jazz is complex. Now, then you have uh, one person telling you it's not complex, one person telling you it's complex. Now, here's the thing: the guy who's telling you it's complex has really great marketing has absolutely. you know he has is pretty influential and he has like 300 videos now he so has like
0: three steps ahead so people don't want to know that it's simple they don't want to practice so i mean sell or market your content in such a way that makes it look like it's complicated and yeah so it's absolutely like a three step ahead okay
1: awesome. yeah a- and and the other thing is because he has like these 300 videos and to the consumer it's like oh you know those he has 300 videos because it's complex no has 300 videos because that's what the algorithm rewards it rewards consistent content creation and so then you have the the other guy who has seven videos and uh, the seven videos are like an hour long each or whatever Uh, that's also uh, and and he says that okay no just learn this basic stuff so the, the the consumer is like wait I don't have to learn this basic stuff. This guy makes a lot of sense. He's telling me it's complex. My own experience of of learning jazz is that it's complex. And Mm. we get to the heart of this problem, is that unfortunately, in the current uh, day and age, or maybe it's always been like this, you have to pace, like your customers will have the most bullshit beliefs, Mm -hmm. you know, about the product or service that you're trying to sell them. And unfortunately, because of this, there's this because there's this cultural narcissism where everybody thinks that just because they can search for something on YouTube, they they know something about it. Yeah. Uh, because of that, right? Because of uh, because of that, people feel that they they have better judgment than they actually do. So unfortunately, you have to pace their reality first. That's the first thing I learned: is you have to pace their reality a lot. Because if you start, if you can, kind of come in, because what do you usually learn? You usually learn. In, uh, in marketing, it's like offer them a bold new solution. Yeah, yep. you can do that, but you're losing so many people like you can't imagine. Because, you know, there are so many people when the second they see bold new solution, they don't even wanna hear it. So the, because, because the first thing you have to do is you have to tell them, you know what, I understand that you're struggling with this and it's completely natural. That's the problem. I think I, I think it's kind of negative in a sense because because we've undermined discipline so much in contemporary culture, we've undermined it so much. Right? It's not even something people like to talk about mm-hmm. because we've undermined it so much. Uh, you can't talk about it. it. It doesn't come into the conversation. So you have when somebody's like, "I'm not getting any, result, any results," you can't even tell them that that's because you're being a little bitch and you should start fucking working. <laughs> you, you you can't you can't tell them that. You have to actually tell them. You know what? I do understand. I understand that it's hard for you. In fact, uh, you know when I when I uh, when I basically start setting up my landing pages, this is exactly what it's going to look like. I understand, (laughs) Uh, because you have to paste their reality, and that's the biggest. uh, That's another big lesson I learned from trying to uh, do content, is that if you do not paste the person's reality, they're. That is going to be through is going to be through a perceptual filter of, uh, of skepticism. After that, because sure. yeah, because that the one of the differences between uh, online marketing and in person, in person because you can show them the results right there. You know, it's uh, so they get put in the spot, right? They can't pretend to be an expert in real life, but online anybody can pretend to be an expert. So uh, when people let's say you're starting a YouTube channel and somebody checks out your YouTube channel, their first emotion is gonna be one of, hmm, let me judge this, even if they're in no position to judge it. Yeah. Right? So that's one of the things that you're dealing with is actually a a very elemental kind of uh, issue of pacing somebody else's problem. So you have to pace their reality, you have to understand what their emotional state is regarding, what are the false beliefs that they have, and pace that first, Uh, You know, feed that back to them first get them at least you know uh, so that they feel like you're on the same page then you can slowly start to move them in the direction that helps them you cannot help people right away you know you cannot like if you're trying to sell a service and you know it's an amazing service you can't do it right away you have to first pace where they're at and if where they're at doesn't match like uh what your presuppositions are then they're going to be not not very willing to listen to you you know so let's i think that would that was definitely one of the landmarks one of the things huge things that i learned pacing is is
0: critical listen thanks so much for listening to the episode i really appreciate it now if you think you have got any value out of this episode please make sure to engage with the content My podcast is available on all of the platforms like Spotify, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and it's also even available on YouTube. So if you got some value out of this content, please like, please subscribe, please leave a comment or please download and share it with someone who would get value out of this. That's all I ask. Thank you so much.